In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. And before I begin, I want to think a moment about the victims of the earthquakes in Haiti. There are missionaries there, so probably there will also be homeschoolers suffering with everyone else. So let us pray for a moment that your angels, Lord, will take charge over them and bear them in their hands. That you, Lord, will protect them because they know your name. And good afternoon. I'm Vivian McNenny, the sociable homeschooler. This time last week, I was all ready to bring you my first show. But circumstances beyond my control caused the show to be postponed. So I had a bottle of champagne in the refrigerator and I consumed my bottle of champagne. And my husband promised that there would be another bottle this week after this show. So with the cancelled show under my belt, I'm ready and raring to go this afternoon. And don't you just love my music? A musician friend of mine got it together for me from just a few little bars that I hummed. La, 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 la. Not very nice, but it takes me back to my childhood. My brother and I used to try to whistle that tune, and um, we would spend... Minutes and minutes and minutes trying to make each other laugh and crack up so that one of us would come out the victor. And when I had my own children, guess what? I got the record. Remember those little vinyl things? And my husband and I then would whistle that catchy little tune to our children while they were potty training. Yes, potty training. Anyway, for me, that tune represents success. I learned how to whistle. My children learned how to whistle. And my children also learned how to go to the loop all by themselves. I must say it's absolutely brilliant to be with you here on her Insight Network, ToggyNet Radio, this afternoon. And I'm going to be talking about a lot of things while I'm with you. Homeschooling, of course. We're going to look some weeks at curriculum and other weeks at legal issues. And I'm going to talk to mums and callers. And we'll talk about public school and what's going on there with our children but to start with, I'm going to spend the next couple of weeks just talking to some ordinary mums, finding out exactly what kinds of people really do homeschool their kiddos. And I'll be excerpting from my as yet unpublished book that talks about how I homeschooled my four children and lived to tell the tale. But a little bit about me. Before I go on, if you live in Garland, Texas, you know my name, especially if you run in the theatrical circles. And to be quite honestly. If you're a homeschooler, you probably don't run in the, home, in the um, theatrical circles. But our children have always loved the fact that all they have to do is say their last name, McNenny, and everyone says, oh, I know the McNennies. 
directors love us. They have one phone call to make and they get six willing bodies to go help them at the theatre. And um, I guess our name is an instant name recognition. My children love that brand recognition. The other day at our drive through bank, my daughter and I had to go in because we'd run out of some forms or something like that. And she went up to the desk and uh, she made a deposit. And then I went up and withdrew some money. And as I was taking it from the teller, I said, hang on a minute, don't you usually ask for ID? And he said, oh, we know you in here. We know the McNinnies and I know your signature. I recognize your, I have an unusual signature. And I went, ooh, really? I had no idea. Anyway, both my daughters have said that when they get married, they're going to keep the McNinney name. So um, there you go. They love that. Also, as you can probably guess, I am not actually from Garland, Texas. When people ask me, I tell them I'm from far east Texas, a little island called England. And in true English style, I have to talk about the weather because I am disappointed in Texas weather lately. When I first came here, people said to me, oh, don't worry, if you don't like the weather, just wait a minute, it'll change. And that usually happened. But this winter, it has been freezing cold. My pool has iced over three times. We had a white Christmas, and my cousins, when I called them in England, said, I bet your children were excited with a white Christmas. And I went, my youngest is 18. She has a lot more exciting things to get excited about than snow. Anyway, how did I get to be here on her Insight Network at Togginet? Well, I belong to a reading and writing group. And a friend of mine mentioned that she had met this lady, Stacy Cannonberg. Hi, Stacy, if you're listening, who was putting together a radio network and needed women with a platform to talk on Internet radio shows for an hour a week. And I thought, how entrepreneurial and what an interesting concept, radio on the Internet. So I wrote the idea down in my little notebook and went home and batted it around in my head for a few days thinking, that would be a good idea if I could come up with something to talk about for an hour. I nixed cooking and being English and writing and being a stay-at-home mom and being a theatre buff. Those weren't unusual enough. And I was at a loss at what on earth I could talk about. And then I remembered homeschooling. You know, sometimes you just cannot see the woods for the trees or the trees for the woods, whatever that is. Anyway, I'd even written a book telling about my experiences, just me and my children at home alone. And I thought, perfect, I have everything mapped out um, for each week or each month or whatever. So I was already organized with my topics. And um, I wondered how on earth could I have forgotten about the best and most recent 15 years of my life? So I couldn't stop smiling. And I emailed my friend who emailed Stacy this future radio magnet. And Stacy said, yeah, I'd like to talk to Vivian. That sounds like a great idea. And so I thought that she'd invite me to participate in a show or something like that. But Stacy said, no, why don't you host your own show? Well, I had never thought about anything like that before, really and truly. And I said, hmm, yes, I think I could do that. And so I spoke to my family and spent the next couple of days breaking out in unexplained sweats, which I passed off as anxiety attacks. But I could just as easily have been hot flushes and several nightmares as I kept mulling the idea about. Sorry, I keep doing that, but I'm looking as somebody's writing on my computer screen. I have I really aren't experienced enough to um, do this and read at the same time. So I'm just kind of 
eyeing my screen. But anyway, here I am on the radio, and I thought nothing ventured, nothing gained. If I say no, then I might never get an opportunity to do this show again or a show like this again. And if I say yes and it doesn't work, then at least I wouldn't spend the rest of my life beating myself up about a missed opportunity. So I was in the right place at the right time. And thank you, Lord. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you, Anne, from my reading group. And thank you, Her Insight Network at Togginet. Well, I hope somebody out there is still listening. I know I've got two family members next door listening to me, and I know Eric has to listen to me because he's running my show for me. But is there anybody else out there? This is so weird, just talking to myself. I'm looking out my window, and I can see squirrels trying to drink water out of my pool. But anyway, I thought... I should maybe put up a gallery of photographs of my family and friends on my desk or maybe have some puppets on the other side of my desk kind of bobbing around and nodding their heads and reacting to what I was saying. And then I thought perhaps a mirror would work, but then again, perhaps not. Anyway, Texans, I know, love my accent. I can say anything I like. They just love to hear, hear me speak. And that's why I think radio is such an awesome medium for me. I would never have come up with the idea myself. So thanks, Lord, for building my house. And I get to talk about a topic I'm passionate about, homeschooling. So without further ado, let's go to the prologue of my book and find out why I made the decision to homeschool my children. And it wasn't all about religious conviction either, as you will discover. Okay. Well, I wasn't always a homeschooler. I used to work for Corporate America, Ticketmaster. My husband and I were the perfect American couple. We had good careers. We saw several movies a week. We had season tickets to the arts. We lived in a house. Way out in the country, it seemed, we had um, a cul-de-sac with woods beyond it and a field behind our house and a creek and coyotes and owls and armadillos and possums and all kinds of stuff wandering around. We even had cows grazing in the front garden sometimes as they wandered in from the farms. And we loved escaping from our demanding corporate world jobs each evening and each evening and each weekend. And these were pre-cell phone, pre-internet and pre-baby days. However, we were newlyweds and the inevitable happened and our perfect couplehood was upended. Four children rapidly turned us like a wish into the perfect American family. Our lives were full Our jobs came first. Our perfect parenting plan was to squeeze family time in wherever we could. And there were reports in parenting magazines that encouraged both parents to work, assuring their readers that children needed time away from their homes and families in order to find themselves. All sorts of extracurricular activities and enriching commitments made it obvious to us that ours was a popular family without a minute to spare. And then suddenly a whirlwind hit because our whole life was once again upended. Three events effectively put an end to our perfect parenting. Corporate America decided it owned me. A well-heeled stranger caught my eye, and my oldest daughter failed a test. Now, I loved corporate America. I'd been there for 10 years. But I began to notice that corporate America did not love me back, or at least it didn't love my family and its demands. My husband worked from home, which often meant that his only gainful employment was childcare. And because of this, I was able to schmooze with the best of the executives and managed to miss out on bedtime rituals several times a week. And it all came to a head one October morning when I was told that someone 
from another state was replacing me because I had put my very flexible foot down to the demand that I begin working a 70-hour week instead of the paltry 60 hours I was already putting in. Now, I wasn't exactly surprised by this. This was corporate America after all. But I soon found that this was the good news. The someone from another state was a single, blue-eyed boy who had no family apparent jockeying for attention. He was a subordinate on the way up the corporate ladder. And I was being offered minionship to his boss of me title. Pride reared its evil head. Yes, I know, according to my favorite author, C.S. Lewis, Pride is a deadly sin. Pride is the result of comparing oneself to others, thus giving one the opportunity of reveling in the pleasure of being above the rest. I was a good manager compared to everyone else, and my pride was on the brink of taking a well-deserved fall. And it sounds as though I need to go take a break, so I'm going to go get myself a nice cup of tea, and I'll be back in a bit. teens and tirades when homeschooling. That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Girlfriend It is on Toginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The Girlfriend It principle was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out GirlfriendIt.com. And then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. What's your story? Are you living it? Well, you could be. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Her passion is helping others discover, create, and live their personal brands. Yep, you heard me. You have a brand. No different than Coke, Pepsi, or Nike. You are a walking, talking, living, breathing brand. You're not a logo. You're not a tagline. The choices you make become the path you take. This is your brand. Now, live your story. Your brand is not just what you say it is. It's also what others say it is. So what are you communicating? And how can you create an authentic brand? We'll take on these challenges with What's Your Story? Every week, Hillary will feature teens, moms, and organizations that are learning and living their story. Now, her passion is to help others discover, create, and live their personal brands. To find out more, go to inspiredbyfamily.com. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet, part of the Her Insight Network. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Thanks, Malia. Malia just bought me some lovely soda water. Oh, she's such a wonderful daughter. Whoever taught her, taught her well. Okay, where was I? Just getting ready to leave my job. Okay, I used my family as a knee-jerk excuse to decline my demotion as to assistant manager. 
I really would have stayed and weathered the storm had it not been for my self-conceit. But I packed everything up and I was out of my office and saying goodbye to my 10-year job and all the benefits without thinking of anyone but myself. And for three months, I started looking for another job, but nobody was paying me enough money. So in the end, I decided I would be better off as a stay-at-home mum. Now, you need to see my husband and I staying at home. We were at home alone, okay, because my husband worked from home. We had our two boys in public school and we had our two girls still in savings eating daycare. I'd lost my job. It was still in daycare because I still had it in the back of my mind that I was going to get another job. Finally, we grew up a little bit and dismissed our babysitter and our youngest child, who was eight months old, stayed at home with us. And I did everything with her. She would help me with laundry. She'd come, you know, she'd go running off to the store with me and all that kind of stuff. Well, she's eight months old. She's not running anywhere. She's in her little car seat. But the one thing that she really put her little foot down on was trailing her sister backwards and forwards across town to the Montessori school that I had had her in when I was working at Ticketmaster. She would cry the whole way there and the whole way back, and this would happen four times a day. So finally, I moved her to a Montessori school just down the road. Notice I didn't move her out of her Montessori school and home. I moved her into another Montessori school. We needed our brains examining. We were just insane. We were spending all this money and having no money coming in. So in the end, I took her out of the Montessori school and thus began my no-going-back adventure. I went from corporate executive in my Bruno Marley's to stay-at-home mother in my bare feet. So the next thing that happened was I started to volunteer a lot at the Gifted and Talented Academy that my boys were at. And then I started to look at little organized activities that we could do with the children. So I enrolled them all in gymnastics. And this is where incident number two occurred. I was at the gym using my time wisely while my kids were doing gymnastics. I was dozing while my little mobile baby was playing with Cheerios. And I looked up and I saw a well-heeled stranger just walking through the door. She looked as though she'd stepped off the pages of a Neiman Marcus catalog. And she was flanked by her two grown children with not a diaper bag in sight. Her daughter had her hair in a perfect ballet bun and her son held the door open for her. And I thought, oh, how polite. And I adjusted the drool rag draped fashionably over my shoulder and glanced down at the floor to check on my one-year-old. And I noticed that I was wearing odd shoes. Don't you just hate that? Mind you, they were both tennis shoes and they were both white, but they were odd all the same. So I self-consciously covered one foot with the other in an attempt to hide my wardrobe faux pas. And then I heard a loud crunch and looked over in the direction of the noise to find a Pierre Cardin pump firmly entrenched in a pile of Cheerios that my daughter had been carefully stacking before eating. Someone had stepped onto my daughter's Cheerio pile and into my life, altering it forever, except I didn't know that yet. So I embarrassedly hurried my children out to our waiting van, vowing to lose the drool wag and wear matching shoes and lipstick the next time I went out in public. And in the van, my middle son informed me that the lady who had stepped into his baby sister's Cheerio pile was none other than the mother of his new best friend. Oh, I thought typical. Why do manicured nails, perfect hair and matching designer shoes not fit the mother image I portray? I reassured myself with the thought that her youngest was the same age as my oldest. 
and she obviously had plenty of live-in help. On further questioning, I discovered that this vision of perfect motherhood was a homeschooler. Okay, wait a minute. I've seen homeschoolers, and they're all radical religionists who wear no makeup, Birkenstocks, matching or not, and long dresses to cover their hairy legs. Their children couldn't think for themselves, are sickeningly obedient and incredibly dull because they're clever and go to university at 10 years old. Anyway, the barefooted side of me warmed to Mrs. Well-Heeled as we were thrown together by our son's friendship. Over the next few months, I was able to soften my preconceived impressions of the group she belonged to as she told me how homeschool was the best school for one's children. I really didn't have a comment about that. I had two, two boys in a gifted and talented school where I reckoned no one could do a better job with their education than their well-trained teachers. Gradually, I discovered, despite homeschooling, that we had a lot in common. They, the well-heeled homeschooled family, were different, and so were we. We were already doing unconventional things like having home-cooked meals every day, recording favorite books onto tape so that we didn't have to read the same old stories over and over again to the children, and having at-home birthday parties with games like pin the tail on the donkey, pass the parcel, and play rowdy soccer in, in the, uh, what is it, back 40. That's right. My husband always said he wanted a back 40, so we call our field a back 40. It's probably a back one. Back 40 sounds better. Anyway. My life, I realized, was now being slowly altered by homeschool philosophies, and we were edging our way into a new academic year, which meant public school time for our third born. I took a long, hard look at my well-heeled friend and decided that just because we were friends, I didn't have to join her in our, her unusual lifestyle. I wasn't ready to trade my bare feet for Birkenstocks. Incident number three was when my oldest daughter failed her test. She wasn't accepted in her brother's gifted and talented academy. <sighs> My husband and I didn't relish the thought of sending her to another school, thus splitting the children up. So I decided to throw caution to the wind and dabble my oh-so-naked toes in the waters of home education, starting modestly with my oldest daughter. It was springtime and the living was getting easy. I decided to broach the subject with my husband uh, about becoming pioneers among our own inner circle of family and friends and trying something new. Okay, so that's how I kind of got the idea about homeschooling. And I see that I have Bev on the line, and she's my first yes. guest. Hello, Bev. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, Vivian? I'm very well, and I talked a little bit about the weather earlier on, so I'm going to ask you, are you having good weather in Las Vegas? Not really, No. No? It's been raining. It's been raining all week. Oh, you told me that you had a really bad storm the other day that knocked out your phones? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. But it's, uh, it's okay. The rain has stopped. The sun is out. And uh, it's, it will warm up. It'll be probably 60 by tomorrow. So we're oh, okay. Well, that, oh, that's good. That's good. Well, we have a nice clear day. It's a little bit brisk outside. It's not too bad. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Bev, I want you to, I know you've led a very interesting life, and I want you to tell me a little bit about... Um, what you did when you were younger and how you met your husband. All righty. Uh, well, I come from a circus background. My circus, a circus, you said, right? Yes, circus. Uh -huh. okay. my, my parents were performers. They, uh, they did trapeze. Okay. Uh, my brothers and sisters were all in the business. 
I actually did my first trapeze act when I was about eight years old. Really? Yes. Mm. And continued. And then uh, I actually met my husband on a shrine circus mm-hmm. in Flint, Michigan. Oh, right. I was there with a, with a rather well-known uh, aerial trapeze director. His, okay. his name was Barbette. And he had about, we had about 12 girls on the show doing mm-hmm. this big, big, big production aerial number. Okay. Mm-hmm. My husband was there with his family. He did acrobatics. Okay. And we, uh, we went together. We got married the same year. Okay. And we have three, ch- we have three children. All right. And they were all, they were all in the, uh, in the business, in the circus business when they were, uh, when they were younger into their teens until they decided to leave home. All right. Uh-huh. So I, I want to talk a little bit about your um, trapezing. Um, you, you were, you know, sort of flying through the air. Did you have a net? Uh, I've done all sorts. Yeah. I did the flying trapeze with the net. Mm-hmm. I've walked on the high wire, mm-hmm. a la the uh, Walendas. Mm-hmm. I've also done uh, what we call uh, just a single trapeze where there is no net. Right. Um, Vivian, I've hung by every part of my body. Really, oh, really. And my heels, so you must have toes. nerves of steel. <laughs> oh, yes. My heels, my toes, my teeth, uh, oh. everything, every wow. part. Wow. <laughs> and people, and always, people always say, well, uh, doesn't it bother you? Weren't you nervous? Yeah. And it's, um, well, it's just, it was the way it was. Yeah. I mean, that's how I grew up doing it. Yeah. And so when the circus started in the big parade, did you ride in on something glamorous or anything? Well, an elephant. An elephant? Oh, I, okay. had, to ride, oh, I, had, to, yeah, I had to ride the elephant several times. All right. Yeah, and well, it's, you, a little, it's a little nerve-wracking, but... Oh, you can't say that. If you can trapeze, if you can fly through the air, riding an elephant can't be nerve-wracking. <laughs> well, as long as you have confidence in the person who's down there on the ground... All and right. I did okay. this, Yeah, I did this one show with this, this, this lady and her husband owned the elephants. Mm-hmm. And I had just, I mean, I had all the confidence in the world in her. I mean, she was just good. She had had the elephants for years. I mean, she knew what she was doing. And I, I, I really wasn't worried at all, really. So did, you know. did your children do anything with the animals? Pardon? Did your children do anything with the animals? Uh, the boys, like if, if uh, there was one man on the show once who had ponies. Mm-hmm. And he would need them to to lead them in the parade, you know. Okay. So of course the boys were the first in line to to lead the ponies in the parade because they thought that was just oh that was so much fun, you know. All right. And the did ponies. you did you travel around America a lot? Oh, we traveled all over the United States. We traveled all over Canada. Uh, oh yes, we they, we my children are quite well traveled. Yes. Right. Wow. Okay. Um... Mm-hmm. Where did, and, and living conditions? Did you have your own place that you lived in? We had our own. Uh, we had our own trailer mm-hmm. that we lived in, and then as the as the boys got older, we we had we put a camper on the on the pickup for them, so they would have you know, so they would have their own room, so to say. Yeah. yeah. And uh, oh yeah, everybody in the business would do that. Everybody basically on the show, whether it was whether we were working. Uh, parks or state fairs or shrine circuses, all the performers had their own, their own trailers and their own vehicles. Okay, and you were freelance? You had agent, did you have agents? Oh, I hear music. That's all right. 
Okay, well, the music means that I need to go on a break now. Before I do, Bev, with all your traveling, how did you educate those children of yours? Bev, how did you educate your children? How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's did you put her on hold? Oh. It's Vivian McNitty. Oh, that's all right. We're right. on a commercial break now? <laughs> yes, I think they can still hear okay. you and I can, and laughter with Louise Every Wednesday at 9 Eastern, 8 a.m. Central on Toginet to discuss fun, fascinating, and educational topics. Each week, Louise will be talking with a variety of guests, ranging from authors, educators, parents, filmmakers, athletes, and entrepreneurs, just to name a few. You know, when it comes to learning, the sky is the limit. And so will the topics that are covered here on Learning and Laughter with Louise. Louise Sattler is a school psychologist who has worked within the field of special education and bilingual education. She also owns a successful company, Signing Families, that creates DVDs and special workshops to teach sign language and instructional products for people of all ages and needs. With new DVDs coming out soon, check her website for more information at signingfamilies.com. From time to time, Louise will be joined by her daughter, Natasha Sattler, who will give a college-age perspective to the show. So pour that morning cup of coffee and join us here on Toginet every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central. You never know who will show up for Learning and Laughter with Louise on toginet.com. Let's chat it up with Bloom Talk with Barb Scala on Toginet. Thursday afternoons at 3 Eastern, 2 Central. And find out how women are growing, blossoming, and blooming in their friendships and careers, health, and so much more. It's Bloom Talk with Barb Scala. Check out our website, bloomwithbarb.com. Whether you want to transplant your life or just do a little pruning, Bloom Talk will inspire you to cultivate the lifestyle you want to live. Join lifestyle coach and co-author of Sanity Savers, Barb Scala, each week on Bloom Talk and sprout your dreams. Grow your life. I hear a lot from women. I want meaning in my life. I want a fulfilling life. I want to do something that's exciting. and I can control my life instead of my life controlling me. I can tell the world this is who I am and, and this is what I'm all about. Barb will introduce you to dynamic guests and real women who are redesigning, rebuilding, building and reinventing their own lives and bloomstorm how you can dream create and grow the lifestyle you want to live it's bloom talk with barb scala thursday afternoons at three eastern two central on toginet.com welcome back to the sociable homeschooler with vivian mcninney the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's the Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet, part of the Her Insight Network. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. Well, we're back, and I'm talking to my friend Bev in Las Vegas. And Bev has been telling us about her circus experiences. And as we were leaving, I asked her, with all the traveling around, how she educated her children. How did you educate your children, Bev? Okay, well, we homeschooled. You homeschooled. Okay, well, bravo for you. <laughs> um, you'd, in earlier conversations, you suggested that um, other um, circus people had um, diff- a different way of um, educating their children. What did they do with their children? Well, uh, the, most of them homeschooled, but some of them would, have, would send their children to boarding schools. Or they would send them home to wherever, wherever they wintered in Sarasota or wherever. They would mm-hmm. send them to probably grandparents or relatives, mm-hmm. and they would stay there for the school season. But mm-hmm. we just, um, we, we didn't do that. Okay. You, you thought that it would be better to keep your family together by homeschooling them, is that right? Yes. Well, it started when we were living in Dallas at the time, mm-hmm. when our oldest son became school age. So we thought, well, we'll enroll him in school. So we enrolled him, and then we had to to leave and uh, for an engagement in Mobile, Alabama. 
So we left him there with, with a set of grandparents. Mm-hmm. And I knew, I knew the minute we left that it just wasn't going to work. No. Because, I mean, we didn't like being separated. Mm-hmm. He absolutely just was so sad and just hated being left behind. Mm-hmm. That I, I knew as soon as we, I mean, it was only for a week, but I knew it just, it, it, this is just not going to work. Mm-hmm. And I knew about the, uh, I knew about the correspondence school, Calvert mm-hmm. School in Baltimore, okay. Maryland, because a lot of my friends, you know, were using it. So mm-hmm. I sent for it immediately mm-hmm. and enrolled him and then mm-hmm. did the same with the other two and never looked back. Okay, and, and I guess he was part of a circus act of some sort at that time, wasn't he? No, not, not yet. It was still a couple okay. of years after that, before okay. they all started training and did acrobatics and we put them in the act. Yeah. Well, you know, most children growing up, when they see a circus come into town, that's their dream to run away with the circus. So I really can't imagine your children even wanting to be sent away, you know, to mm-hmm. school. And uh... <laughs> No, I, 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 our kids liked it. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it was the life we did. Mm-hmm. They enjoyed it. I mean, we traveled. They had friends. We, you would work with some of the same people for a whole season. Yeah. Uh, some of the families, you would work with a few weeks, and maybe you wouldn't see them for another year. But mm-hmm. they still remained friends. They still remained, they still remained, they are still friends with, with the kids they grew up with to this day. Really? That's and wonderful. That's been, my oldest son is now 50. <laughs> okay? Yeah. But they had so, the same friends that they that they grew up on the circus with. Yeah. So you were homeschooling, you know, a long, long time ago before a lot of people were homeschooling, really, oh, weren't you? Before it was, yes, absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of, well, it just, to me, there was no choice. And right. once, once we started, and of course, then I had three of them, you know, at different grades, at different grade levels. Mm-hmm. But I would, you know, teaching basically at the same time because, you know, there are only so many hours in the day and you have mm-hmm. to get it all done. Okay, but so we, when we did managed. you when did you uh, mainly do your work? Pardon? When did you mainly do your schoolwork? We would do it in the in the trailer and we would do it use, almost always in the morning, say from about eight until twelve. Yeah. Sometimes if there was no if there was no matinee, we could go. You know, we could go till one or two. Mm-hmm. Or if there was a matinee, we could. Uh, we could get in maybe an hour in between, in, in between shows, mm-hmm. you know, if they had extra homework or if they had an extra essay to write or mm-hmm. an art or a science project to do. Mm-hmm. There's, there's always time for what, you, for what has to be done. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, you dedicated a lot of time to the homeschooling, didn't you? Oh, it, it, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of patience. And it takes a lot of discipline. Very right? much so. Yeah. Very much yeah. so. You have to, I mean, and the, the, the children realize it. I mean, this is, this has to be done. I mean, it's, it's the same as, well, get up, it's time, get up. You have to get up, it's time to go to school. You know, mm-hmm. it's just that you don't have to leave the trailer to do it. Right. But it was the right. same. I mean, you had the books, you had the, the textbooks, you have the tests. You have to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you don't want to learn how to read and write, which, of course, you do. Yes, of course, of course. Okay. Um, now, I know that you said you used the Calvert curriculum and you did the correspondence uh-huh. um, course. So that means that they were actually enrolled in Calvert in Baltimore, right? Yes. The school, it was in, uh, was in Baltimore. 
Mm-hmm. And you, you know, they sent everything you need. You had a year to finish each grade. Mm-hmm. And they would send everything. They sent the textbooks, the workbooks. Uh, they sent the, the pencils, the erasers, the rulers. I mean, it was a complete, it was a complete package of supplies. Okay, so you didn't have to go out and buy anything no, or find no, any it, books? No, it was anything. all, I mean, it was included in, in the price, you know, for the, for the entire year. Mm-hmm. That, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And um, now I know that they used to, anyway, only go up to eighth grade. So what, happens when you, when, what happened when your children hit eighth, well, ninth grade? Well, after that, uh, there was a, there was a, an, a school in uh, Chicago called the American School. Mm-hmm. And it basically, it basically had the same premise. They sent you everything, you did your lessons, and you, know, you got your grades, your credits for each, for each uh, subject that you passed. Mm-hmm. So it was basically mm-hmm. the same thing. Mm-hmm. Because in, in Calvert, they would uh, study, you know, do so much, so many lessons, and then they would have a test. They would do the test, and I would send... Send the test results back to the school. The teachers back there would grade them, and then they would send them back with, with little notes like teachers do. You know, yeah. like you need yeah. to work on this, or this was very good, this was an excellent mm-hmm. paper, or you need to study a little harder on something else. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it worked out with, the te- with them doing the, the, the grading the test, uh, that was much better, much better than just me doing it. Okay, now why? Why would you say it was better than just you doing it? I don't know. The, the kids seemed to take it more to heart. They okay. seemed to think it was more important, let's put it that way, when the okay. teacher from the school actually gave yeah. them little critiques yeah. rather than just mom telling them you need to, you know, you need yeah. to study a little bit more on this or that. So but you were able to it, keep it, your it children, was, yeah, you were able to keep your children with you and better. teach them, yeah, and then you were able to hand the results over to another teacher so they were accountable to somebody else, but you, were still, you still had all the, the joy and the beauty of watching the light go oh, on I, as I they learned had, something yes. new. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I taught my children all, all three of them to read, to write, to, uh, I mean, and they have every, they had history and geography and spelling and they had an art course and science and geography and, I mean, there were all sorts of other projects. You know, that, which of course we didn't send those in, no. but it, uh, it, it's, it was just it was just like a school. Yeah, I mean, they had yeah. every all, all the courses. They even had a so, course in, in Greek mythology. Oh, right. Did oh, you were we you able that. to do um, any co-oping with any of the other families that homeschooled? Uh, no, everybody everybody did their own. All right. Okay. So we never really got together. I mean, we'd get together and talk about things, you know, mm-hmm. but as far as Basically, it was every mother. <laughs> every mother did her own teaching for her children because it wasn't. You didn't always have the same age group. Okay. You know when okay. you were on a show because you never knew for sure who was going to be on the show, yeah. and if it was just for a week here or two or three weeks there, mm-hmm. it would be just impractical to try and teach together. You know because everybody has their own way of doing things and. Okay, Bev, um, tell me, what did your husband teach the children? He taught them how to be acrobats. All right. He taught them the show business part. Okay, so you got to do the academics and he got to do the fun stuff. Yes. (laughs) Dads have a way of doing that, don't they? You know, woodwork or dirty stuff under the car or something like that, you know? Yeah, he taught them all how how to tumble 
Uh-huh. They learned how to do that. They learned how to, they were, did a trampoline act. They did mm-hmm. that. Actually, my daughter did trapeze for a little while. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, she was more into the, the tumbling. Yes. And you said something um, earlier about uh, making your own costumes. You did oh, that yes. too? Most, most people in the circus do. I mean, it's just one of the jobs that has to be done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We did, uh, I did all our own costumes mm-hmm. for the tumbling act, for the trampoline act, in between, you know, cleaning the trailer and cooking and shopping and doing the laundry. And all I that. Did, yeah, all you taught your children, too. Okay, so what would you say, what do you say to these women that say, I couldn't teach my children, they won't listen to me? Well, you know, you've heard, you've heard them say that. Oh, I've heard that, and I don't quite understand it. It's like, what do you mean they won't listen? Mm-hmm. You sit them down, and this is the way it has to be. Mm-hmm. Of course, I don't know, maybe it was different years ago. Maybe oh. kids listen better. I don't know. I, I don't know, because I... It was time to do something. It was time to do it. I mean, yes. they learned responsibility at a very mm-hmm. early age mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they were in the show. Mm-hmm. And they knew that they had to be on time for rehearsals or for the band call or if there happened to be a show where they furnished the costumes, they had to be on time for the, for the fittings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they learned at an early age that you're in the show now. And the show so must go on. Respons- you have a responsibility to, to us, to your family, to the other performers, to be on time, mm-hmm. you know, to not mess around, to not uh, disrupt anything. I mean, you, you can't be late. I mean, no. if you're an entertainer, I mean, you know that. Yes. Anybody who's been in the field, if you're an entertainer, you can't be late. No, that's right. If, if, that's right. if, if things are said at a certain time, whether it's a rehearsal or a show, you must be there. Mm-hmm. And my children learned that at an early age, and they were very, very, they were very, very responsible, very responsible people, and they are to this day. So well, when they say, you, def- you definitely had a good, me, a good reason for homeschooling, that. and you definitely had a good carrot to keep the children interested because they wanted to be there on the show with you. So, oh, that's wow, true Beverly. too. That's true too. It was what they en- they enjoyed performing. Yeah. They enjoyed performing. They enjoyed the travel because, as I said, we traveled all over. We would go, I mean, we, well, would, go and, we would go and see the big, the big sites, you know, mm-hmm. the Grand Canyon, the, uh, the Statue of Liberty. But mm-hmm. then if we were playing, you know, driving across, middle, middle, you know, the middle of America, we'd stop and see little things, too. Yeah. Little, uh, little sites, little uh, smaller mountains, small parks, caves. Well, I'm getting a little note that we're going to have to take a break. And, Bev, that's all I have time for this week. It's been absolutely delightful talking to you. Okay. I hope you can come back and be a guest on my show again and have a wonderful weekend. I would love it. Thank you so much, Vivian. Thank you, Bev. You're quite welcome. I was talking to my friend Bev Abdurrahman. She gave us some fascinating behind-the-scene insights and her life as a trapeze artist. She managed to keep her family together by homeschooling her three children. She's an amazing and fascinating lady. I'm going to go have another cup of tea. See you soon. Hi, I'm Susan Dobson, host of the new talk show, Another Way of Living. On Another Way of Living, we talk about what I call the unspeakable. When I was growing up, if there was a problem, a pink elephant in the living room, everybody walked around it. 
that nobody talked about it. Sound familiar? Tune in and listen to my guests and callers talk about their solutions to problems just like yours. If you are ready and really want another way of living, then this is your show. Wednesday evenings at 8, 7 Central with Susan Dobson. On Another Way of Living, we talk about life, its problems, its challenges, and above all, its solutions. Another Way of Living educates and informs. It makes you laugh. It makes you cry. Plus, the live format lends itself to surprising and heartfelt revelations from Susan and her guests. You'll be surprised by what's shared, what's learned, and what could change. Join us for Another Way of Living with Susan Dobson. Wednesday evenings at 8, 7 Central on toginet.com. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Bomb with Jill Hickey, Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet, part of the Her Insight Network. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Hello, I'm back. And I don't know if you heard that very end part, but I was talking to Bev Abdurrahman, a friend of mine. And she able she was able to keep her circus act going and homeschool her three children. She was an amazing and fascinating lady. And what a role model. Don't tell me you can't homeschool your kid and have a job. It's rubbish. Talk to Bev. Okay. Before I go to my next little guest, because this show is my show, I'm going to tell you a story about a word I have a lot of trouble with here in America. And... Um, it all kind of came to a head one day. I had, hadn't been back from England for a while. I'd been on, on a, you know, sort of a vacation in England. And I was listening to people in England saying, in my lovely English accent, here, have a cup of tea, love, and sit down, catch a breath for a minute. Or they'd say, would you like a nice cheese and tomato sarnie with some shrimp-flavored crisps? So I dropped my son off at College Station And we were heading out back to Dallas, three-hour drive. Normally, with a three-hour drive and children in the car, I take a picnic. These weren't children anymore. They're all teenagers, all able to wait three hours to eat. But nope. They passed a restaurant, and all of a sudden, they're saying, I'm hungry, Mom. I'm hungry, Mom. Well, my gut reaction is to say, no, we can't stop. And then I thought, oh, well, I guess we can just stop as long as it's on my side of the road. But I failed to say, as long as it isn't a drive-in because I found myself at the Sonic. Oh, my gosh. So uh, there I am ordering into this little metal box. I call them crackle boxes because you can't hear anything coming out of them except a load of crackle. And my accent is challenging enough face-to-face where I can use my hands, let alone trying to make myself understood without eye contact. 
soap. I managed to get out my quick little order of mozzarella sticks with honey mustard, popcorn, chicken and French toast sticks without any interruption. And then I heard the crackle. And I can't do her lovely southern accent, but she told me that, well, she didn't actually. She welcomed me to Sonic and then she asked me if she could take my order. And so I rolled my eyes. Wrong thing to do around children because they told me off. And they said, Mom, you can't string all of those things together like that. You have to let the waitress interject every now and again with a, is there anything else? Is there anything else? So, okay, I started the order again and I gave her my order. And then one of them asked for potato tots. So I asked for potato tots and she couldn't understand what I was saying. And the children said, Mom, it's tater tots, you know, as if that makes much difference. It's like using a dumb computer. You know, you type in a word and there's one letter off and it goes, can't recognize the word. Anyway, my daughter decided that she wanted some strawberry jam to go with her French toast sticks. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. Nobody's going to understand strawberry jam. But I tried my best. My lips were very close to that metal little box, but she didn't understand me. In the end, she said, okay, your total will be X number of dollars. And I thought, okay, so I started to count out the money. Then she came back on again and asked if I wanted a drink, any drinks. And so I went, three waters. And there was silence. And she said, would you like something to drink? And I said, three waters. And there's silence. And then there was silence and silence. And so I just carried on counting out my money. And I saw my children laughing in the back seat. And I noticed that this poor little waitress was roller skating her way over to my window. And she leaned in and she said, I'm so sorry, ma'am. That box was crackling so hard. I just couldn't understand you. Let me go over your order with you. And so she, you know, she went over the whole order and we got everything right. And um, she said, okay, so what would you like to drink with that? And I said, three waters. And she looked at me and I said, three waters. I wish there was a synonym for water in America, but there isn't. And I understood that it wasn't the crackling at all. She just couldn't understand what I was saying. So I kind of looked around at the children and said, come on, help me out here. And they went, three waters. And I went, thank you, kids. I hate saying water in restaurants. Actually, I now drink sparkling water, so I can just say club soda. So I guess that's a synonym for water. But look, I have my friend Kathy from Liverpool on the phone. Are you there, Kathy? Here. How are you? Hello. I'm fine. I'm fine. And I was just telling everybody about the problem I have when I ask for water. Yeah, well, you, you have sparkling water. I just have to have vodka when they say that because... How many people have brought me a vodka when I've said water, water? (laughs) And what do you do, Vivian? You have to drink it. But anyway, I was calling in to say something typically British and support to you, like hang in there, but you're doing great. Well, thank you. Thank you. Good for you. I've looked up some typical slogans of British people, and there was one that said, careless talk costs lives, but I didn't think that was really appropriate today, Vivian. Well, you know what? You you really boosted my ego the other day when we were talking. You said, Vivian, I know this is awful to say, but there's not going to be anybody out there listening to you this week because nobody knows knows who the heck you are. (laughs) And let me tell you something, Kathy. I've just got a little thing up on my screen that says, is she Scottish? Well, no. So we need to find out where you're from. I'm from Liverpool, England, but because it's so far north, it's a completely different accent than yours. Uh-huh. And actually, it's more Irish 
than, than anything else because, of course, Liverpool's made up of people who all came over from Irish, from, from Ireland. So yeah, it's yeah. very much more Irish than, than anything else. But, but listen, I want to know why you've never told me about this friend of yours who, who's a trapeze artist. Oh, right well, I don't tell everybody everything because I mean, then you don't get surprised. How am I supposed to follow that, Vivian? I know. I, I mean, know. I, I, thought, I thought that was great, grim. you know, because people think of homeschoolers, oh, they're those kinds of people, you know. And I thought, people. I'm going to find some homeschoolers out there that aren't, that don't fit that mold, just to encourage, maybe encourage other people to go, oh, well, I could do that. That sounds like fun. Or that sounds that I could do that. That's normal. It sounds normal. Let's put yeah. it that way. So, well, it sounds I mean, wonderful to me, but I'm listening to her and I'm thinking, well, now, I can't even swim. I sent my kids away to school. I'm a failure. <laughs> oh, no, you're not. No, you're not. I did a stint as Mary Poppins years ago, though, and that, that kind of did it for me with keeping the kids at home. I just, oh, I you did? to send mine away to school. Oh, Ponto. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you've done a great job with yours. I just—they're lovely kids, Vivian. I mean, they're a testament to homeschooling. You need to get your pictures up there with kids and everything. And oh, I will, I will. Well, I'm getting my my blog going. My lady um, Tammy, one of Stacy's friends, is she sent me something today, so I've got to make a choice of my blog theme. So I get my blog going, and uh, then I'll start blogging and get on Anne's blog. And uh, but what, what is the weather? Is it still horrible in Liverpool? Do you know? Um, it's been very, very cold. I mean, a lot, the record snowfall right across the country, but record snowfall um, really over the past couple of weeks cleared somewhat now, but it's uh, the most snow they've had in 30 years, pretty much right across the country. So nothing yeah. like Dallas with sunny skies and 70 degrees. I know, I know, it's nice. But um, it's, it's, I don't know, it's kind of uh, had such a cold, cold winter. My, my heat in my house has been going non-stop. I have no idea what my bill is going to look like, but I'm not looking forward to it'll it. It'll be so. less than it'll be in the summer when you have to cool it down from 100 oh, something know, degrees, Vivian. Oh, I know, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm off into my closet after we hang up because I have to go and rebuild myself to go out tonight because it's oh, my you birthday Where are you going? tomorrow. And you know what, what used to take me 10 minutes to be presentable is like an hour and 10 minutes and seven different <laughs> outfits. And still I know, but you have to be really kind to yourself with the lighting. Just get made up in candlelight. Well, but I need those up lights and candle lights all night when I'm out then, Vivian. It just yeah, doesn't work that way. Yeah, I know. I had a friend who wanted to take my photographs for the um, web, my web page, and she said, I'm going to take you to the Arboretum. She said, all that natural light. And I'm going, I do much better in a dark room. I, I don't know. need all that sunlight. You Ladies know, of sunlight. a certain age, Vivian. I know. Uh, at I least know. I'm younger than my sister, who is also on the same day as me. And actually, our family is kind of weird. Well, you've met my sisters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There are four girls. Three of us were all due on January 24. Two of oh. us came on the 23rd. One of the others was born on my mother's birthday. I mean, we never got to have anything of our own, Vivian. Even now, (laughs) even now we have to share. And it's odd because you wonder about women's fertility cycles because my mother had one sister and she had two sons also born on the same day, a year apart. And none of us were C-sections or anything. In fact, I was born at home. We were all born at home. In fact, I was born when my mum was on her own at home, but for my sister, 
and mm-hmm. uh, she sent the sister around to the neighbours to come, and uh, my sister around to the neighbours mm-hmm. to come over, and they did. The neighbour did an emergency baptism because I guess they thought I'd die. And oh, um, no. I guess my mum really wanted a boy because they called me Patrick. <laughs> they called you Patrick? I didn't know that. Yeah, they could. Uh, did I never tell you that? They called me no. Patrick. And I said, oh, mum, couldn't you tell? I mean, I was baby number four. <laughs> <laughs> she was just looking into those beautiful eyes of yours. She wasn't looking anywhere else, obviously. <laughs> she was just thinking, dang, another girl. <laughs> oh my gosh so your your first name is actually patrick catherine i'm Kathy? patrick but uh officially i'm kathleen when yeah. when um, my dad went up to my dad went up to register me a couple of weeks later so i did get to be kathleen but um you i changed guess, your name <laughs> i guess i'm lucky they just didn't call me pat I'm yes, that. That. Yeah, so, so i'm just gonna go in there and plan what to wear for my birthday party and like you, I'll be having some champagne. Oh, is it your birthday today? No, it's actually my birthday tomorrow. Well, you, you were know? in Spain last year, weren't you? So, you know, suck it up, Kathy. I know, I know. I'm up. getting younger, definitely getting younger, Vivian, like you. Yep, that's <laughs> right. Okay, so we'll both be slurping our champagne together, huh? We will. Well done, Vivian. It was lovely to listen to you. And those people out there who are not listening need to be told to get on. Start listening yeah. to you. I mean, it's the wave of the future. You and I have been reading and writing, and now it's time to buckle up and get onto the internet. So just verbalize, eh? verbalize. Well, good for yeah. you, Vivian. Okay. Well, I listen. Bye. I'll see okay. ya. Okay. Bye bye. Have a nice evening. Bye. Bye bye. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to her. Okay. Well, it looks as though my hour is almost up. And I've had such a lot of fun. It's been brilliant. But before I leave, I have some people to thank who've helped me to get this show up. My husband, of course, the handsome Texan who believes in love at first sight. And my children who result of that belief. Stacy, the staff at Togginet, my friend Anne, Gary, and everyone else who supported me this past month, past month. And next week, we'll talk some more about why some people homeschool, to, homeschool their children. I'll tell you about my first summer with all my children at home so looking forward to next week and may the lord bless you and keep you may he smile on you and be merciful to you may he turn his regard towards you and give you peace go to number six twenty four twenty six. wonderful blessing Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney on Toginet.